Hi everyone, it's David from the Real Sports Science Podcast welcoming you to episode 11. I am so excited for this episode as we have the very first guest interview in Real Sports Science Podcast history. We are so excited to bring you this guest and hopefully many, 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 many other guests going forward. So wherever you're listening to, get ready for an absolute banger of an episode. We're going to be talking about changing your mind, career progression, and everyone's favorite SNC coach, Joel Seedman at the end. We've got quick fire questions. We got some last. It's a packed episode. We're going to start it off with a little bit of a catch up from Matt and I and then dive right into the interview. So buckle up and let's get at it. Hi guys, I'm Matt and he's David. Welcome to this episode of the Real Sports Science Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> episode 11. Got a bit carried away there. There you go. <laughs> awesome, we're back. Uh, how you doing, Matt? I love how I've just realized every time, every episode, after when I speak for after the intro is finished, I always say, and we're back. We're back. For yes, the, you do. Like as if we're going to go somewhere. But no, we're consistent. We're going to be here for. Well, a you're long, back long in time. the UK for the second week yep. in a row now. So yeah, yeah, that is different. Weather is changing. Weather is changing a lot. Getting yeah. a lot colder now. I'm more miserable, but we're still smiling. <laughs> hey, David. Honestly, I was I was biking home today from the university, like at 4.15. And I almost needed my lights already. Absolute <laughs> tragedy. Yeah. Oh, but, oh well. Nice. Winter's coming, and then after that, summer will come again. Yeah, yeah. Just got to have a positive mindset, hey? Yeah, yeah. How's the, how's the week been for you? Yeah, what it's been, been up to. It's been uh, pretty busy. So, um, yeah, just trying to sort out my um, Spanish passport. Um, and then also trying to sort out, well, no, just going to training and keeping with the rugby. Um, yeah i just got given a nice winter coat as well so that's going to keep me warm um, a little merch from tumbridge judges yeah unreal yeah. is it one of those long ones uh, not a long one, one but it's a proper thick one yeah oh man's got it on hand <laughs> nice if it gets too that's chilly sick. living price it has gone cold. up so yeah if it gets too yeah. chilly i'll be there yeah who has the best nickname on your team well, some of them are, some of them are pretty standard um like just last yeah. names so i don't know if i'm legally yeah in ice hockey out. so in ice hockey it's classic you just take the last name and add shorten the last name and add like a z like an sy uh, to the end of it well mine so you just be like barbsy or calcy that's the thing like a lot of people in rugby they just put a y at the end of it so like yours would be well it wouldn't be barbary um but well, my, my, barbary, my name probably. was cowley so then they couldn't put another y at the end of that so they just called yeah, me Cowley. Cowley. <laughs> but um They didn't call you cows or or moomin or something? No. We There's we had a, we had at my uni we had this really tall guy um who ran like a giraffe. So his nickname was Melman <laughs> from Madagascar. That's awesome. Um that is good. That is good. Yeah, that was a great nickname. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, everyone send in your best nicknames. I'd love to oh, see a bunch yeah. of them. We'll get them posted yeah, on Instagram. What's or... the best nickname that you've had or that you've heard someone else that have? friends has had? That'll be great. I always like if it's an interesting reason why they got that nickname, you know? Yeah, 100%. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely send them right. in to rsspodcast at 
Well, no, on G- uh, Instagram, sorry. Just We've got so many options now of how to get in contact with us. Yeah. We got Gmail. We've Getting got lost Instagram. in the source. You know what else we have? We've got the official Twitter. Oh, the I saw that. I saw that on the email. I saw Did that pop up. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, David's yeah. onto something big here. I'll let him I'll let him do his thing. Be part of what's happening. Real Sports Science Podcast. It's at RSS Podcast underscore. Nice. All lowercase. Hit it up on Twitter. Follow us. Get involved. Love to hear from you. you yeah. Go. So question of the week best nickname either that you've had or you've heard someone have and why or or what's the story behind it um there you go we are really excited for this podcast we have our very first guest coming on yeah yeah and hopefully it's the first of many guests i think we've got a couple lined up couple we've got a few lined up we are actually in the locker fired north (laughs) uh We're fired up on the type of guests that we have. Um, and this guest is no exception. So why don't we send it right away to the interview? There you go. See you there. We are so excited to welcome our first guest onto the Real Sports Science podcast. He loves his chess games in the morning and his beers at night. One of the strongest people I know, he was invited to the Scottish weightlifting team selection camp for the Commonwealth Games. He's a fellow training partner and PhD student at Loughborough University. Welcome to the podcast, the pride of Shetland, I mean Shetland, the land of ponies and Pete. Hayden Thomason. <laughs> Land of ponies and feet. <laughs> Hi guys, pleasure to be here. <laughs> uh, Hello, um, Hayden. For any of you who Hello, haven't man. met a Scottish... A Scottish? I was a Scottish? Just, a Scott. <laughs> Hello, Scott. I think he's a direct descendant of William Wallace. Middle name is William, so there we His go. middle name is William Hayden oh. W. Thomas. <laughs> son. Come on, forget the son. Son? Thomason. Oh, yeah. Wow, David. Did I say, you did I say it right? Thomas. Did I say it right in the, at the intro? Start, not the second there, though. Hayden Thomas. Wow. I think we're good. David Barb. I thought he was your David friend, Barb. David. I know. As did I. <laughs> That's a big shame. That's a big Fellow shame. training partner, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. but this is exciting because this is episode 11, and we got our first guest on the podcast, which is really exciting. So, Hayden, you're from Shetland. From For anyone, including me, who didn't know where that was, where is that? Well, it's not what the English thinks the North, because the North to them is North England, but we're the North of the UK, so the little island in the middle of the North Sea. That's where I live. About 150 wow. miles north of... What's that going on? Uh, our battery just died. Our uh, camera yeah. just died. That's yeah, as we said, about 250 miles north of Aberdeen, about 150 miles west of Norway, middle of North Sea, somewhere like that. Probably got the miles wrong, but hey-ho. What's just crazy really is... Cold. Oh, it's cold, yeah. Wherever Sad is, thing yeah. is, I don't get snow there, though. Yeah. I'm, ver- I'm further north than, I, than Canada <laughs> in latitude, but then we uh, it's just too salty. So the salt, like, we never get any snow now. Oh, but wow. yeah, it's very, very windy, which is fun. Bringing out the geography. Yeah. You sure you're not doing a geography PhD by any chance? Well, I've, I've explained to Shelton as to most people. So it's uh... <laughs> good practice. You are scary good at geography, though. Like uh, well, it, I'm, I'm well, not as good as your brother. Yeah, Christ- Christopher's frightfingly good, but I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. Like you play articulate with them, and it comes to like places or capitals of the world, you want Hayden on your team. Yeah, I'm okay at that. Christopher's exceptional. I'm My- average, I'd say, in comparison to him. But 
Might have to put you on the spot later for questions of the week. Oh, yeah, oh. get that down, get that down for questions <laughs> of the week. Quick-fire questions. <laughs> but a bit more about Hayden. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. Undergrad, you did in sports science at RGU. Yeah. Or Robert Gordon University. Yep, Robert yeah? Gordon, yeah. I almost said Gordon Robert or something stupid. Robert Gordon University. Master's in musculoskeletal sports science and health, Loughborough Uni. That's where Hayden and I met. And he's currently working as a PGTA, so a post-grad teacher's assistant at Loughborough University, where he's also doing a part-time PhD. And I think this is right. Generally speaking, his PhD is in the neural determinants of rate of force production. Development. <laughs> but yeah, same thing, pretty much. Oh, RFD. Come wow. On. Wow. Sports scientist. <laughs> we know who's the smarter one now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, neural determinants. I can't even get the abbreviation right. Rate of force development. Yeah, come on. RFD. Uh, well done. And is that, thank you, is that in performance or like where do you, tell us briefly. Here we go. This question again. <laughs> so because I'm looking at the determinants, it's very mechanistic. So it's not really related to performance or clinical yet. So it could right. go in that direction in the next, I want to say three to five years, depends what the maybe last studies look at, but it's very mechanistic in the start. So we're just looking at, at that essentially. Uh, to be with but we could, it could go in either way that's why it kind of sits on the very left of the spectrum of, of the mechanistics right if um, you were wow. to say um what you would want to do after your phd yeah well i've got a few choices i don't know if i want to be in performance i'd love to i think but i'd also quite like to be a lecturer at some in some capacity so maybe like some hybrid version of that that probably doesn't exist but probably looking to stay into university for a long time much to all my friends to discuss because it's been a while but potentially yeah. lecturing or a research role within sports science. Well, you, you can get me as a reference. You're a great lecturer for me with all those oh, yeah, brief, That's practice. right. Brief, yeah. Brief, <laughs> brief few times of watching me crumble in practicals. <laughs> uh, have you seen Hayden? Have you seen Matt squat? I have not. Well, maybe if I, if I see it again, I'll get a refresher. Is it bad? His head rolled uh, back there. It can't, be any, it can't be any worse than David's. Come on now. Oh. I squat every half moon. I keep it. I keep it on the yeah, every was, half moon. I was just about to say that. Oh, wow. as well. uh, sorry, Matt. What were you going to say? I was just going to ask. So, does your understanding of all the mechanisms of like RFD help you weightlift a lot more weight than David? Um, oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the only reason he can w lift more. Actually. Nothing to do with physiology. It's just pure <laughs> understanding of RFD that like allows me to lift more weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Matt. That's good. There you go. Then oh, I was I was waiting for otherwise. That the whole time. Otherwise, you'd look at us and go, "Oh, you guys are twins. <laughs> <laughs> Same body types, both endomorphs. Same body type. Yeah, identical. I, I wish." <laughs> <laughs> um. So that kind of leads, and you said you were you've been in university for a long time. You didn't. <laughs> let's circle back too, to that. Too long. <laughs> yeah. You didn't start in sports science. No. Um. You went from engineering to sport yeah big so, change yeah so w uh, what did you start you started how far did you get well? so i got into my third year of a five-year course on a course called an mng so it's a master's of engineering is what i started on um so it's like a blended course i did which is general engineering in your fourth year you branch out into like a certain discipline so right. i started off in that and then by the time i came to my third year um back in aberdeen so i was at university of aberdeen for this one which is the rival uni to robert gardens which is more funny so i Jumped ship halfway through Aberdeen. Um, snake. Yeah, a bit of a snake. It was even worse when I was playing <laughs> sports for Aberdeen Uni at RGU as well. So that was quite bad. But yeah, so I did three years of engineering, got to got into my third year, and it was that year I decided to quit and change degrees. Um, much to a lot of my 
parents and families discussed, but yeah, big change in, in sports science. So why did you go into engineering? Um, I think it was kind of the thing that coming after like fifth, sixth year at school, I was good at mass physics and kind of tech studies was the three main subjects I took in higher. I got pretty much got A's and B's in them. So it was just kind of the general route. All my friend, all my family are engineers as well. So it's just kind of the natural thing to do. And then I ended up getting a summer placement job with my neighbors, a firm called Ocean Connects, where I was a design engineer um, every summer. And that's kind of what put me off engineering because I knew it was going to be a nine to five job at a computer desk doing like design work. So I basically did um, CAD design, which is like designing like metal structures for large oil companies. And it was just... Which is uh, big in Shetland. Yeah, huge in Shetland. Um, and the company I worked with was like a very big company in Shetland that does that. So that was, it was a very good, amazing job to get, especially being like uh, essentially an intern for them. But yeah, it was a bit eye-opening after like three summers of them that I kind of pretty much realized that I don't want to do this at all. Don't really any much interest in engineering other than the general stuff my family has taught us. Um, but yeah, so took the plunge and decided to change and go into sports science, something I'd enjoy far more. Um, and here we are. Now I'm doing a PhD in sports science, who'd have thought? You went from engineering, and not like in your first or second year, in your th end of third year. Yep. Right? So this is basically your finish your bachelor's going into kind of the master's yep. or um, where you specialize. Yeah. So, so the, you have a lot of work behind you. Yeah. So I, done, I did a fair bit. And then essentially the third year project, you start your thesis there as well. And I essentially didn't select to do my thesis. So I was almost doing the coursework to go with that. And you can do your thesis in fourth year as well. That essentially met, dropped me down from the master's into the bachelor's. So I would have finished in four years, not doing enough credits to make the master's grades. Because um, there's certain modules you can do like this one or courses. There's a blended master. So you do it in one year straight after. Um, but you do enough credits throughout your third and fourth year that make up or merit the master's in the fifth year. So essentially, I was I dropped down to the fourth year one, um, or B inch as it's called, the bachelor's engineering. And um, yeah, just decided after that it just wasn't for me. And it was kind of third year I started doing a lot less. Well, obviously I didn't do the thesis, so I did a lot less and made a bigger decision to change. Originally, I wanted to go into physiotherapy. Um, this is when things took a big turn, which was a bit shit on the UCASA side of point, point of things. So I, like you say, I had three years of engineering under my belt and three years of university. So I tried, I applied to Robert Gordon's for first, second, third year sports science and first and second year physio. Right. Got rejected from all five years. So I didn't, I couldn't get into first what? year uni for another module. So I did it again, finished the third year. I went to college for a year, uh, did an HND, which is a higher national diploma in applied sciences. Because essentially I got rejected on the basis I didn't have biology as a uh, A-level or under, uh, as a higher A-level for England. Um, yeah, because I never did biology, I did all the other science disciplines, but not that. So wow. because I did that, I had to apply to college and then did a year of college, but then I applied again. First, second, third year sports science and first and second year physio. I got rejected from all four years bar a conditional offer for first year sports science on the basis I got an A in my HND, which, is a, which will allow me to go into third year of an applied science module, but not applied sports science. So I couldn't get a fast track entry, which a lot of the college do. Um, uh, a lot of college courses can do, you can do two years, like it's called a two plus two, a blended learning. You do two, you do your HND, which most courses get after second year anyway. Um, but again, couldn't do that, so I had to go straight back into first year. So that's why another reason why I've been here for university for quite a long time. So for a bit ridiculous that they claimed that I didn't have the grades to get into first year of sports science. Of sports science. And then, yeah, ridiculous thing, this is a no brag at all because I'm obviously came from an engineering background, uh, done what three years engineering, so it was good. So I got the highest award in RGU in the history of sports science in their maths <laughs> award in biomechanics. <laughs> and all the lectures, so it's sung in praise. It was like, oh wow, Hayden's so smart, it's so good at maths. I was like, 
fuck yeah, I did, <laughs> I did three years engineering. This is piss easy. Why am I doing first year sports science? Yeah. So yeah, I was a bit of a kick in the teeth. That felt like a big back step, but then. And yeah. that was after you decided that you were for sure going to change to sports science. Yeah. But you still went through it. That that meant means you really didn't want to do engineering. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, <laughs> so I like I essentially got rejected from all five years to even. And another thing, I I, I was very lucky when I was in Aberdeen. I should mention this that. The flat I was staying at is my granddad, so he owned it anyway. Um, so I wasn't like paying rent, so it was quite. Right. I was in a fortunate position to change degrees without having to kind of fork up a lot of money. And same with Scotland, which is very different to England. Um, I didn't pay the nine grand tuition fees each year. It's free in Scotland for your mm. first degree. So me changing course meant I had to pay for the three years I had done at, at sorry Aberdeen University. So I had to pay for first, second, third year RGU. But even then, it's only eighteen hundred pound a year for Scotland compared to the nine grand England have. Wow. So, oh wow! So like I it, like. So, like to me, it was a lot of money at the time, anyway. Yeah. But it's not like like an English student who or put someone who studies in England in undergrad. You you're forking out nine grand. So I think if it was yeah. if I was down in England and that was my situation, I would have probably reassessed and just finished the degree. But there wasn't a massive outgoing like like a lot of students have. I, Scotland's very lucky like that. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helped with the decision to change as well because mm. I'd almost done it for free, let's say. But um. So did you get people telling you don't do it? Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. Like, don't change, because obviously you have three years. Yeah. I've had friends as well who are, you know, three years into their four-year undergrad, and they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to at least, I'm not going to drop out. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep going, and and then I do have my degree. I guess the difference is you weren't dropping out. You are just changing degrees. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, like, what did friends, family tell so you? Was there anyone a, who Yeah, was, this is quite bad. So I've quite got, I think I've got a lot of pressure on my folks. I didn't tell my folks I'd done this until it was confirmed. So I couldn't tell them because mum would just go mental at the fact I was changing degrees and wasted all this time in Aberdeen for three years getting <laughs> etc. So I didn't tell my parents until it was confirmed that I was accepted to RGU. Uh, sorry, accepted to college, I should say, before RGU. And then told her kind of basically my life plan type idea. But the only person I knew at the time really was like my flatmate, which is one of my good friends, Declan. Um, and he uh, he kind of started off, he did like three years traveling, just tape and fill, and he went to New Zealand for a few times. So he came out as like a mature student, did law at Aberdeen as well. Um, so when he came to live with me, he was in his first year, but he was about 22 when he started university. So I was like, well, he's technically starting at a later date anyway. So it kind of gave me more confidence to start a new degree at an older age, if that makes sense as well. Because again, you're, most people are going to uni, you're 18, 19 at a push. Mm. And here's me, I was like 23, starting my second degree, or not, didn't finish my first one, but starting my second time at university. So I was like, that that weighed quite heavily, but Declan was very supportive and definitely helped me in getting that decision. But yeah, pressure on folks, couldn't tell them fuck all. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how that situation was like but do you regret dropping out the final year and then starting the sports science or would you have like wished to have done it say in your first year or is there stuff that you learned during your three three years that you see as valuable yeah yeah definitely i think it's i think it's, it's been very valuable but i kind of wish i actually did it earlier so for, after the first year i was pretty um i did advanced hires at school as well and basically my advanced hires meant that i could have second year entry to the engineering course and i decided to go back into first year i was like oh, i'll play it easier and just do the first year so my first year was a breeze when i went to uni doing engineering then second year got a bit tough and third year just got fucking impossible because i hate the subject yeah. so i didn't want to do it so second year was the only year it was kind of challenging but as then i probably should have made a decision but i came into third year and it kind of really confirmed i was like i don't like this at all don't know why i'm like studying for a subject i can't stand type thing whereas the second year i was i was still doing that but it wasn't hard enough to be like oh shit i probably shouldn't be doing this or Mm. didn't challenge me enough to be like oh well it's not the right decision until you actually had to knuckle down and revise our subjects you really just couldn't be arsed doing that was that was the probably the turning point and that's why third year i kind of quit but i probably should have done it the year earlier 
Do you think the pushback from friends and family would have been less if you did it in the second year instead of third year, or probably about the yeah, same? Yeah, I think so. Because like like Matt says, well, people kind of always said, oh, you should just done the one more year, finish it, blah blah. blah. But then I was like, it's one more year, of hell, because I was I was in like a dark place, I didn't like it at all, it just make me feel like shit in the subjects I didn't want to do. Could barely want to go to uni type thing as well. So I was like, it wasn't the right decision to keep going. So hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if you've right this. changing. But, but is it due to like you just fell out of love with the actual subject or was it just too impossible like you just couldn't sort of justify the amount of time you're spending on it kind of probably a bit of both yeah because engineering it, it's tough it's very mass based but the kind of subjects i think i also choosing the wrong course uh i wouldn't say wrong because i did general engineering i did like a bit of everything so you're doing like thermodynamics electrics you're doing mechanical engineering you're doing a bit of architecture so it was a bit of everything blending into one course so it wasn't as if I could just like knuckle down and learn like electrical engineering or mechanical engineering. I had to do like eight different subjects based on engineering, which I didn't like at all. So it was definitely there's definitely parts I enjoyed, um, like mechanical engineering, I really enjoyed. Um, but there's parts I just couldn't stand at all. So it was like trying to revise for both was just shit. So I didn't really like that at all. But it only came it only came in third year when it started getting more challenging. Hmm. Um, it's yeah. so we talked about this a few podcasts ago when um we were talking to school or not to school. And we, Matt and I were saying there is quite a, a pressure. I think it's getting better now, but I think when we were, um, so Hayden and I are basically the same age. When we were kind of Old at that fuck. age of <laughs> close enough. Young. But he's older. <laughs> <laughs> he's older. Get that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> but when we were at that age of going from high school or whatever you call it here, um, to university, <laughs> there's, there was still quite a bit of pressure of like, that's what you do. You finish and then you, and then you go into university and you kind of have to know there's that pressure of like, oh, what are mm -hmm. you going to do? What do you want to do? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and, and I guess if you're not 100% sure of what you want to do, you go with what you're good at. Yeah. And if people keep telling you, oh, you're good at math, going to engineering. Oh, totally. I think I think a lot of things like that comes from guidance teachers. That's, I think they've got a tough job in high school anyway, but, <clears throat> excuse me, they kind of take on face value. So they're going to, they don't see you as often as you probably should as a guidance teacher, but they'll only see you kind of once, I don't know, a month, if you even go to them. And they'll take a look at your grades and uh, as face value and be like, okay, I recognize you could at maths, English, blah, blah. And then try and make a decision of what you should do university-wise because that's kind of the main options they'll go for. And I think it's tough on their part, but they, like I was guided into engineering from the get-go basically and that was just the right choice. So not even like one different subject I chose was just like to do with engineering. Even in my hires, it was maths, physics, technical studies, English was mandatory, so I had to take that. And I stupidly took modern studies. Don't know why. Modern studies. Modern studies. That's to do with like, <laughs> politics and shit. It's like modern uh, United yeah, Nations worst. or something, isn't it? Yeah, Christ, I did not like that at all. <laughs> so I should have took. I, I, and the funny thing is, I never did. I never ever did PE as a hire. So I, I wish I took what? it as fifth, fifth year. Mum, mum taught me. Told me not to. She thought it was a pointless hire to get. <laughs> and now hilarious. I'm doing fucking sports science. <laughs> I mean, PE. And, yeah, it's not the most. Like you're not learning that much. but no, it's a not. good time. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like. In hindsight, definitely should have taken that. And then while if I looking back, I would have taken biology now as well, obviously because I do more sports science now. But yeah, yeah, I think it was kind of a, a mixture of the right decision based on what I was good at and pressure from people saying you should definitely do this, you should be good at that. And then yeah, I had a I had a sick job. I was actually almost bought out of university by my neighbor as well, um, the guy who owned the engineering firm. So that was that was I should have mentioned that early on. In second year, I was asked to stay as a full time engineer for them. So they tried to buy me out when I was like nineteen. Offered me thirty five grand a year wage, which is sick Jesus. to be a CAD design engineer. Um, but mum and dad taught me out with that at the time, which is definitely the right decision because I was technically under like a lead um, design engineer, let's say, and he signed off my drawing. So basically, in CAD design, what you do is you design like a structure, and that's basically your 
your design. So you're selling off your designs to people. But because I wasn't qualified, I couldn't sell off my designs as such or like get your com uh, what's it, your commission from your designs. Yeah. I had to go through my boss. He'd he would sign them off. So you'd check all my work and make sure it was right. But he'd get commission off my work. So uh, if I was like a fully qualified engineer, I would get the commission. So he was only making like one or two percent off of my work, but it was still my work. So if it's sold for a hundred grand, he's getting a ten grand or like a one or two grand commission for every design I did. So mom and dad were like, no, I'll go finish engineering. You'll get that. You'll be on the big bucks type thing. And I was like, right. yeah, fuck yeah. I'll be on like six figures by the time I leave uni. <laughs> I did one more year. I was like, yeah, I'm quit. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the only thing I can say about the whole thing, if everyone's deciding to do um, a career, is trying to do something you enjoy because fuck me, I was in a shit place doing engineering. did not like my job. Barely. It was that way you'd wake up like, oh, can't be arse going to work now kind of thing. And yeah. money didn't, like obviously you need money in our life, but. I, I, I try not to be driven by money as much because everyone knows there's no money in sports science. So right. can't really, I'm not really doing it. I'm not really doing it for that. SNC coach. I'm leaving the big yeah, bucks. Yeah, well, I'm going too. right How there. many volunteer <laughs> jobs do you have? Oh, oh, I can talk about that as well. My, I'm sure Matt's done a fair few volunteering posts as well. My whole, my 10 years at university, I've got. Yeah. So I'm doing I've now. enough voluntary work in my life. That, like I, I like to think I don't do anything more, but yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, definitely changed careers. Not for the, not financial gain anyway. I would just say yeah. engineering for that. Well, before we get into the sports science thing or like snc and and that background um i guess two questions mm. what would you tell someone who yeah what would you tell someone who a doesn't know what they want to do should they go to university <laughs> should they not like looking back you did change but mm -hmm. do you regret going into engineering and learning what you did or would you have rather just gotten a job and then figured it out and secondly if someone is in that position of they're not sure what they want to do. Maybe they want to change, but they feel that pressure from family or friends. Um, yeah. So what mm -hmm. would you tell those two separate people? I guess we'll start with the people who don't know what they want to do. Yeah. I guess it's a tough one as well because people will push you to go to university, but I, I, I always think it's, you, if you need to kind of know what you want to do, which is a hard thing to know when you're 18 or 17 coming out of high school. So I would try and say, get a job and work somewhere or go travel. I think that'd be the best thing anyone can do. Cause you'll get some life experiences. You'll speak to people and you'll kind of, probably pick up things you'll end up feeling more passionate about. Whereas I just kind of went straight into university, doing the, thought I was doing the right thing, really going to a career I didn't want to do, and kind of obviously thought that was the right decision to do. But I would, I would definitely try and get some more life experience before you make a big decision to go into university. Especially, like I say, people south of the border, if you're in England and you're going to sign up for a four- or five-year course that's costing 45-year grand loan kind of thing, it's a lot of money to invest in yourself or something you don't want to do. I even know a lot of my best friends back home in Shelton as well. I can name four of them off the top of my head that's done university and they're not doing the same um, like, sorry, job that they got their degree from as well. They completely yeah. changed. And, and that's, I that's got, I got a couple as well. Yeah. So it's, it's like one of those things you, you know, you know, plenty of everyone knows people who does, does a degree and doesn't actually do their job. But university is also a life experience as well. So you don't necessarily have to do a degree. You're going to practice the rest of your life because you learn skills, you learn modules, etc. cetera. Um, but I, I would definitely go down the route of, maybe taking a year out and try and really figure out what you think you want to do. And there's, there's no shame in changing or doing anything. You, you end up starting a course and changing any, at any yeah. point. But, um, but yeah, I'd all, I, was, I, would, I would definitely take a year. I was definitely forced not to do that. Also was forced to do 60 as well than my folks. <laughs> I tried to take a year out and I flunked 60. I could tell you a shit story about that. I get my, <laughs> my advanced higher grades, which uh, <laughs> I wish you'd, uh, I wish you'd interview my mate, one of my best mates, Daniel, the story he heard of my, um, Mom and dad opening my advanced higher grades. <laughs> I failed every fucking one. Oh, no. oh my mom, I've never got more of a balk in my life. <laughs> Best mate Daniel that's when Hayden went homeless. <laughs> yeah, and I went homeless. <laughs> but I said to my mom as well, so I basically, in fifth year, I got an unconditional. I got five unconditional offers to university, which means you don't need to get your 
Uh, like, I don't have to get an extra grade, obviously, to get in. So I was like, oh, great, I'm in university now. And I told my mum and dad, I was like, I want to leave high school. It's pointless me being here. And they're like, no, no, you need to finish sixth year, get your advanced hours. So I did all the modules, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I just want to work. And I just really half our sixth year, <laughs> obviously, came to the exams. I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> these are bad. These are bad results. <laughs> it's when you know so, yeah, it deep uh, down. Yeah, you open the first page, you're like, hmm. Favorably remember going to like my advanced hour mass. And I was like, I don't know why I'm even bothered doing this exam. I've fucking not revised once. So I was like, here <laughs> oh, we go. No. But I got, I got an A in the prelims, but we didn't cover enough content to like, um, what's the word we claim your prelims? Oh, I'm firing an absolute blank here. <laughs> oh, this oh you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that is an interview question, not a real life. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, basically you can, you can, I can't remember the bloody word for it, but you, you, you get your, like we did, like it's practice exams, you do like So you do a mock national, and then you get, sorry, I'm still trying to figure it out here. You do yeah, your mock and so, then you so get, um, it's, it's like a, you, you've done the exam, but and then you can basically, if you fail your exams, it's like a backup. You can go like, oh, well, I got an A in the, the failed ex- the prelims, essentially, but I got a D in my actual exam. Right. And you might be able to claim it back, and they might like offer you a B, essentially. Oh, okay. So it's like it's like a way to be like, so not all the pressure's on one exam at the sure. very end. But because in our maths exam, we were essentially in our course, we got one less subject, to, uh, sorry, one less module per week that we were meant to get in it that we were like behind on our prelims. So we only did like 75% of the course. So I got an A in that. I was like, oh, I'm actually okay at maths. <laughs> could could fall back on my prelims for that. Got like <laughs> got like a D in my advanced hours and tried to claim back. And my teacher's like, sorry, we didn't cover enough content to be able to claim that. Whoa, I was like, oh no. I was like, oh, no way. That's savage <laughs> That's though. If you're, if you're like... Um, yeah. but I was, was going to ask a quick question. Like obviously from this interview so far, we understand that you've taken a very interesting route um, through all these, you know, different courses and throughout university. And I was wondering your thoughts to go from you know, your engineering course to then to a sports science course, then to do a, a master's, then to do a PhD. At any point were you just afraid that am I making the wrong decision again by continuing oh, to go to time. another? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Now it was, well, yeah, the main thing I wanted to do was I've always wanted to do physio and that was the course I didn't get into. So I kind of thought mm. in my head, I was like, right, well, RGU offers this good blend where you can do sports science and then you can do your master's in physio and they just, they don't accept you. But if you pass, basically if you get a two one, you're pretty much guaranteed to be accepted into the physio masters. So that was my route. I was going to go down and then finish my fourth year of sports science. And it was COVID and I was back home and I was just like, I don't think I want to go to uni again. And I actually got into talks about buying a gym in Shetland with one of my mates up there. He's a, yeah, same guy's actually an engineer. <laughs> so he's a, <laughs> he's a head engineer for a big company called LEF. And he came with this proposal to go halfers with me on a, a gym in Shetland. And I was fully committed to go, to go with this guy. We were looking at, we're sourcing buildings to go get. And kind of, we ran the numbers and the loans I could get, we could both get to try and start like a, a gym up in Shetland. And I fully wow. committed to doing that. I was like, this would be perfect. And then COVID hit. And one of my mates that I lived with in Aberdeen, a guy called David, this American David now. American David, not Canadian David. Not Canadian David. So American David Better did the David. same undergrad with me. And then he he told me about this master's in Loughborough he was doing. And I always thought Loughborough, I was like, fuck me, this is this the big sport uni of the UK. I'll never get to there kind of thing. And then he was like, oh, I've, got, I've, I've applied to like um, exercise physiology. You should definitely look into it. So I just started looking around at Loughborough. And I was like, by the time I like looked for a few months and he spoke to me about it, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to apply. Why not? Excuse me. So I applied to Loughborough for the master's and the one me and David did, the musculoskeletal one. I also applied to Glasgow Uni for exercise and medicine i think the course name was and i also applied to do a dpd which is the doctor of physiotherapy at rgu so that was the, that was the three-year blended course after my sports science so i got well i thought i got into that that's another story as well 
<laughs> and then the more I got into that, I eventually got an unconditional offer for Loughborough. I was like, well, fuck it, yeah, I'm going to do that. But that all came like, it was no decision to like pursue yeah. education after my undergrad. I, that just came just as a boredom of COVID, to be honest. And then after, a, let's say about 40 plus rejections of jobs after yeah. a master's, it was a, it was a tough summer for me and David last year. Yeah. Eventually I got, well, I wouldn't say headhunted, but I got apl- uh, approached by Loughborough College and Loughborough Uni to apply for these two jobs. So I got a lecturing job at the college. And then on the Friday I got this, graduate teaching role at the university oh, that was, was like, a nuts day yeah two that was days. that was after a whole well three four months yeah of three months of rejection every job under the sun yep <laughs> we'd get rejections to jobs that we didn't even remember applying to we drive Cheers. we drive into the gym we look at your pinged an email oh yeah. rejection yeah yeah don't even know what no. i applied to great yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> and then and then you got three jobs Oh, in, no, f- five in the one week in yeah in the well, like week. three in the yeah. same day three or the same day like so I was, I was sitting in italy um my, my folks took me away to italy for a, the same so the guy who used to own that still owns the engineering company i worked for john he's our very close neighbor very close family friends so we were on holiday together the five of us in uh, in italy and i got these two emails and i thought they were from the same person so one was Loughborough college asking if i'd interview for this um part-time lecturing role i was like absolutely fucking right i'll interview for this because i've not had one all summer i was like this is amazing yeah. yeah and then a day later i got the same pretty much the same email if i interview for this graduate teaching position at the university i was like what the hell what's going on so when i got back to the uk I got both of these interviews and i think i had the interview for the college on the wednesday yeah. and then, i'm sorry i should also say i also got this um interview for a job called cpnr which is a oh right so i got an interview for them that was like the <clears> monday say so i had a really good interview with them and they basically phoned me up and offered me the job and I kind of held off. I was at all decide. Didn't tell him I was interviewed for someone else. And then came to the Wednesday, went to the college, had the interview for this part-time role for um, sports science and basically ended up leaving the college with a full-time role by the time I told her <laughs> what all my like previous like history was with uh, education. So I'd had engineers background. I'd, I've been like a mechanic for my dad for a garage. So there was like different areas they could utilize me in. So I went and interviewed for this part-time role, basically came out with a full-time like lecture, or not lecture position, but like a position with them at the uni um outside the college i was like fucking hell that was awesome but didn't accept they didn't give me the full contract details till the friday basically went in on the friday to sign all the stuff for hr so gave her all my details blah blah didn't assign the official job offer yet just had to get all the kind of things through hr they were going to send me that later but had my interview for the college uh, sorry for the university that afternoon when that was on teams that was great had it about three o'clock i think the interview and i phoned as i phoned my folks afterwards they kind of told me all like the interview went really well i was telling my folks how it went and they're like, I'd hear back within the week or something or by the end of next week. And that was the Friday afternoon. So I was like, oh, I won't hear back by the weekend. They phoned me up about half an hour later. I was like, Hayden, we'd like to offer you the full-time position as a graduate role. I was like, holy fuck, what's going on? Yeah. So I was like, I just got accepted this job at the university. Had to then hit this sheepish email to them on Monday for the college to say like, oh, I'm, I can't accept this uh, job, blah, blah, blah. Now he's rejecting people. Yeah, so I rejected the college. But then I thankfully I, I left on quite good terms. So I said, I, I, like, I can't accept this job. I've been offered a really good position at the university. However... Can offer David, so oh, I was like, "Yeah." Right. So I, I was like, "Here, my flatmates, um, exactly the same kind of course. He's got like a his bachelor's in kinesiology as well. He'd be a great fit, kind of thing." So they end up they end up taking David on as opposed to me. So we we both kind of walked out that week yeah. with two jobs, which was class. But then, yeah, I was going to say was a rough summer from us both. I was going to say we've got the most qualified people in this podcast call right now, but with no jobs. <laughs> um, but there you yeah, go. Yeah. That's out in the end, doesn't it? it? Works out really good. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So. It, it's a rough um i'm glad you've got a job now sort of providing you past your dbs but uh 
yeah. SNC yeah. Fields when I was applying to a lot of jobs last year. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty cutthroat. Yeah. Oh, a lot of rejections. Volunteering is the way I'm going. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, fun. Great, isn't it? So great. <laughs> I had a chat um, with um, a, a guy from British Athletics, and he was saying the same thing. Like, There's a level of you just have to be able to ride ride the shit train yeah. and kind of i don't know because I, I i i totally agree with that i think i think there's a lot of people this day and age that doesn't work for free or do, do volunteering because you need to do it to boost your cv otherwise you're not going to get ahead of anyone yeah yeah but i was in this kind of cocky position last summer where i wouldn't say cocky but i'd done volunteering for the seven years i was in aberdeen so i was like i've got a lot of you know, volunteering underneath my belt and i i was like a full-time head coach snc for um, Rowan, which is kind of the highest one in Aberdeen you could go for. So it's University Rowan Aberdeen, took in both Aberdeen University and Robert Gordon. So I was like a head coach for them, volunteering. So I coached every morning for three hours, every single morning, and sometimes Tuesday and Thursdays afternoons as well. And I, I was like, well, I've done that for three years, essentially, plus a lot of other volunteering things I did as well. And then joined the weightlifting team down here at Loughborough, and I volunteered to coach on them the Saturdays as well. So I was like, I've done a lot of volunteering work, plus a lot of others I could mention, but I'll not bore you guys. So it was like when I was applying to jobs, I was like, oh, I'm coming out of uni with like first class degree in sports science. I've got my master's now. And I'm like, I've done at least eight years of like volunteering for jobs. I was like, I've done my kind of yeah. due diligence, I say. And I was like, yeah. why am I not getting a job? I was like, I don't know what I did wrong. And I had like I've a lot of additional courses. So I've done like my sports massage therapy. I've done sports taping. I've got my personal training qualifications. I've done like nutritional qualifications as well. Done my British weightlifting level one and two. I've done first aid courses so i had like everything i could possibly get to try and have an edge on people and i was still getting rejected left right and center to even to like just gym attendant roles i couldn't even get them so i was like doubting my summer last summer was rough until i got these yeah three fortunate positions that came all on one go but yeah it was nah, a do you think field. like it's it's more it's more than like what you who you know than what you know in a way like 100 percent. Yeah, yeah literally could, because could agree with that more i think you can like you can even have a UK SCA, but then someone who's best mates with uh, one of the players who's got a new position or something, who's they need an SNC coach, they'll provide you one like yeah. that just because you already know the player yeah. and you have got a relationship there. They'll put you ahead of everyone else. It's 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 a really weird um, sort of job area that we're into, isn't it? Um, and it's good and bad because like if you're in that position, you're the guy <laughs> getting the job. You're yeah. like, oh, well, it's great. But if you're not, you're like, well, this is oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, now like your gut rule that you had last year at yeah. the university that has now will not turn into yeah but basically turned into now the same role except with a phd on the side yeah yeah so and and i guess same goes with you matt like you you've gone and um volunteered for the ealing trail finders and now that you've gone there a couple times and who knows what's going to happen when that snc yeah. coach steps down yeah exactly Do you know it's, it's almost like, like showing your face and they'll know you that's a good thing as well oh, at the same time like you need to get your foot in the door somehow so it's hard Even, to get there oh yeah. getting the foot in the door is the most frustrating part yeah and when you're the, there you're, you can stay and that's quite a good thing but you need to get there which is yeah i don't have any advice for that other than <laughs> keep, trying. Yeah, keep trying because I, I could i could show you the 50 or 40 plus rejections i got from last summer yeah well and i guess maybe one thing to take away like you said you know you thought i had all these all these volunteer experiences i had done that mm -hmm. all and just to know that you're not alone in that and yeah. just just because you aren't getting jobs you know or just because you have to take a volunteering job doesn't mean that i don't know you're not worthy for it yeah it's just i guess the market that it's in yeah and you're not alone in it i, so I do I think also, as well maybe maybe matt will know this as well a bit more because it's the snc industry I'd, I'd like to think a lot of people get an snc coach because that was the main jobs i was applying to last summer was was to do with like snc anyway yeah but a lot of people if the jobs aren't there they're, they're probably not gonna 
kind of when they get one coach, they'll like you said, they'll get an apprentice and they'll probably just be a shoe in for the job anyway, and that's gonna happen. But that guy's probably gonna stay in that job for the next five to ten years and he'll get his own pre- apprentice that's gonna come through that ranks and just like essentially take that guy's job when he moves up. So I yeah. feel like there's a little sick little thing that happens in the same industry, in the same teams, that they'll just have these guys turning through that are already in the sport or, or volunteering for them. And, yeah. and that's that's fine because obviously guys are, are doing their kind of volunteering to help with that, that team. But it's it's tough to then you as an external guy trying to get your foot in the door without having knowing them at all, I guess. I think that's a big but, tough thing in this kind of industry. And that's the thing. Like as soon as you get that one foot in, then you're along for the ride. And I think that main thing as well, you mentioned earlier in this conversation was that, you know, it's, it's crap volunteering and not getting paid a lot. But if you put those hours in, once you reap the rewards, I mean, it's amazing. Like a personal example would be, you know, I'm with this team right now, this Tunbridge Guardians team, and I'm, I'm volunteering with them for this season. And one of the players um, is now playing full-time for Spain. And, you know, I, could get him as a contact and then maybe go shadow the snc coaches over there and then who knows you know where it could go and then you just you're non-stop branching yourself out with all the different people you meet so definitely put in the hard yards and spend those yeah, hours definitely. and putting in that hard work because you never know what could come across you could get three positions as a lecturer at loughborough and work with hayden um yeah yeah, yeah exactly but, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i think is actually ridiculous though i've, I've spoken this to my, my mate andrew he's a engineer up in, in scotland as well and I don't know in our career, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys maybe have more input in this, name in our career other than sport that you have to do this in. You will never yeah. ever get an apprentice engineer that's not getting paid mm. or apprentice like mathematician or Even a business role yeah. or, or business like that. You're like, you, you'll you you'll start on like an entry level 18 a grad scheme. year job. A grad scheme, yeah. Whereas there's absolutely fuck all in sports science or SNC, which is shocking. All of my but, mates going into like business, they're like, oh yeah, just getting a grad scheme for like 20, 30 grand. And I'm like, oh, nice yeah i would love that that's a, that's my full-time wage is like i'm just getting that now in my full-time role like fuck yeah. you too thanks let me, let me just cycle to training today because i can't pay for petrol because i'm volunteering all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah i've nah, like six crazy. hours of sleep between my three volunteering posts yeah. for nah, job. So weird. that's mad it's crazy I and mean, and like I, I can't think of another career that you do that putting that work because mm. like, like i said when i was doing my volunteering for my snc coach position at uh, aberdeen i was working for them for about 25 hours a week for free and the weekends as well. And I was also performance analysis, analysis intern at Aberdeen Football Club as well at the same time at the weekends. So I was doing about 40 to 50 hours a week volunteering as well yeah. as like my third and fourth year at uni. And like I wasn't getting paid for either of that. So it was like, and I had my job as well, my part-time job I was doing. So I had three jobs plus uni. And that was Ridiculous. just to get some experience on people. Yeah, That's crazy. Fucking mental, yeah. Sorry, I keep burning. That's fine. We have the explicit on the podcast, so go for it. <laughs> just because we knew we'd get you as a guest <laughs> just Angry in case Scott. Scottish the Scots true That's emotion almost sounded like a rant yeah. um, speaking of true emotion we have I have I have one more question excellent just to see if we can press some buttons I don't um, answer the second question but hopefully we ramble on enough well, for, and then, yeah, yeah what we'll do is we'll come back to that one for the tip of the week to finish it off <laughs> oh, and then we'll go to fire the quick fire questions which is always a good time and then we'll finish it off there um, we uh, we at the Real Sports Sign podcast and Hayden included is is probably the biggest fan of Joel Seatman. Oh, he's excellent. <laughs> he's probably my favorite guy on Instagram. <laughs> God, <laughs> and we know we were just talking about this because he put out a post and he said that Olympic lifting. Oh yeah, yeah. for for sports like for S and C. Yep, is bad. Yep, like don't do it. It's good if you're. He said what Olympic lifting is good if for Olympic lifters. Yep, and if not, don't do it. So I've got a good point on this, and um, 
if Matt can remember back to his his uh, Ooh, practicals last quiz, year, a little pop, pop quiz. quiz um, what's Rich Blagrove's opinion on this? Oh, oh wow! Um, so Rich is a very esteemed UKSCA accredited. He was on the board of UKSCA. He's a he's a lecturer at um, Loughborough. He's wrote an SNC book on endurance athletes. Very very smart SNC coach. So if you know his opinion, and I like to. I'm basically, I like to be his little bitch. So I agree with what he says. <laughs> He's a lot of influence on what I agree with. But but he made a very good point on this. I want to see if Matt can remember. But I, I genuinely don't remember. I'm probably getting mixed up with Bill because I know, I know oh, Bill, Bill's hilarious. Bill Haig loves it. He loves it. So oh, I'm probably getting mixed it. up with um, Rich's. I can't remember Rich's, but I know Bill, Bill, Bill Haig loves it. So yeah. yeah so I, Rich's I opinion on it is essentially if you, because we had an hour to teach you guys the SNC, Masters SNC cohort. We had about, oh, sorry, two hours we had to teach them to do clean and jerks. And in that two hours, we managed to get guys who had moved like a barbell properly to doing very basic, but not technically proficient movements in Olympic mm. lifting. And Rich said pretty much his opinion on it, that if you can't teach an athlete to do this, you're basically admitting to yourself you're a shit coach that you can't teach his movements. And I was like, I was sitting there kind of nodding my head. I was like, yeah, yeah, these guys are shit. But then, <laughs> but then even, uh, like, even then, you're getting like people, like guys that just walk into that gym, barely can move a barbell to deadlift. Who are actually getting in like semi-decent positions that are quite athletic positions to learn those like basic movements of the clean. Break it down, you can do parts of Olympic variations that are really good, like mid-thigh pool or one of the yeah. best variations for developing power. Cited so much in literature, as you guys have probably read as well. But like even just movements like that is going to build like strength, power, etc. So my opinion on I think Joel Siegman's in another, another conversation as well. He's a <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> but, there um, it is. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> uh, can't stand it. I, I think he's controversial to be controversial, and yeah. that's why he gets such high engagement. But like, but uh, yeah, total some of his videos though are a uh, joke. If you if you guys are listening to this podcast, you don't know who Joel Seidman is. Please go check out his Instagram. Oh, and go I've never, I've COVID never at seen home it. series. The, I've never the COVID seen at home. The COVID at home series will hilarious. make you want to just like piss yourself. It's the it's the biggest joke. This guy claims the doctor of. I hope he watches. Yeah, I hope he can watch this podcast. It's brilliant. PhD, PhD in writes a book, ninety degree joint angles. Fuck off. Anyway, but yeah, so my <laughs> opinion on it is, and I agree with what Rich says. It's like if you don't incorporate Olympic lifting into lift uh, into like SNC programs, it, you're more admitting yourself you're a poor coach. So you can't teach it because there's a mm, lot of derivatives yeah. and a lot of variations, or even learn the full things that you'll get huge technical proficiencies from this. And as athletes, even just learning the basics or even just doing parts of it, you're going to get so, like you'll reap so much benefits in SNC programming. I'm, and I, I totally get there's variations you can do for safety, like a trap bar deadlift jump might be more safe than a clean um, for like novice athletes. That's totally fine. But like, even if you are only spending like five ten minutes on it, you can still move a bar quite well. You can get all these like movements that can have a lot of benefits. And I I, I can agree with what Rich says with that. You should be kind of doing variations of this, especially if you're doing sport. And you're seeing it more That's my in opinion. practical environments now than ever. Like, I mean, it's always been in American football where they're doing like sort of um, variations yeah. of the clean and jerk, but more so in rugby now um, from the semi-professional to all the way through to an all blacks gym, they're all doing a, mm -hmm. they're all doing variations of it or even the actual whole Olympic lift. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't know why you would not do it. And if you're not doing let's it, it's probably a, because the SNC. Let's take a big scared. forward. Who's like an absolute built like a brick shithouse. Yeah, Get him doing a power snatch or something. I can guarantee he's going to shift more weight than most guys in that gym anyway. Oh, 100%. and it wouldn't look too bad. He'll also get into pretty mobile positions that's going to be forced by the weight as well, which is only going to increase range of motion in the body mm. and your flexibility. And that's been cited. If you've got more range of motion, more flexibility can have an influence on in reducing the injury risk. So if you're going to play a game of rugby, you're going to get these like really extreme positions. If you're not strong in the positions, you're probably got yourself at injury risk. So yeah. doing these Olympic movements that's going to force you into very demanding 
like mobile positions i in my opinion i think it's a it's a no-brainer but and being able to I mean, resist you'll get, that you'll force get, like, as well. a lot of old school snc coaches that won't agree at all with that and i i i, I side with them in certain ways definitely um but i guess i guess you I could think... say that you side with them in the sense that like if you're not good enough to coach it don't coach it because then you're really going to mess up your athlete but if you're com- yeah, ooh, like, confident in yourself yeah. then definitely coach it definitely promote like prescribe it in your training exactly nowadays as well i well, this is another topic we can talk about, especially for SNC coaches. We're going to part two, three, four, Hayden five, six. Yeah. This is one of the rants of Hayden Thompson. Well, it's, it's yeah. UK, we'll do UK a whole SCA. series. <laughs> oh, yeah, like a little side so, quest of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, side quest. So the, the UK SCA is a big a hot topic, obviously, in SNC, whether you need it or not. So another argument Rich always agrees with as well. Whether you believe in Olympic lifting or not, you don't want to coach your athletes. You can't pass UK SCA without being able to coach snatch and mm. jerk. So that's two out of the five movements you have to be able to do. The other three are back squat, front squat, and deadlift, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember. I was going to do it a while ago, but you have to learn the two Olympic derivatives anyway. So if you can't coach them in UKC, you can't get your accreditation. So yeah. that's another reason to, to get it, I guess. Or go work for Joel Seaman. Or if you don't yeah. like it. If you, if you don't, yeah, if you don't want to do it, I think he's a very good alternative to do 90 degree joint angles uh, with a band hanging upside down with a Bosu ball or some shit. That's, like that. that's the thing that gets me. He says, you know, like risk, the risk to reward is too, is too <sighs> high for Olympic lifts. But then you see some of this stuff and he's got people like balancing on Bosu balls with like, I don't know what strapped to their chest. There was a fucking figure scare on a Bosu <laughs> ball in single leg holds with trap bar deadlift yeah. pushing what? forward to do like a chest press. Yeah, yeah. Or so, when they do like where the barbell's unevenly weighted yeah. on some like oh, uneven surface or something. I'm not going to lie, guys. Oh, I've never heard of this guy before podcast, oh. before this podcast, but I am so excited to watch all of his stuff. It's oh, he's amazing. The sad thing, he's, he's got well, about like three or 400k followers. The guy's gonna got have one more. And, he's going to have one more. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna have one more. I don't follow him because I hate him so much. He just, he's a, like you say, he's clickbait. That's what he is, yeah. and he gets the engagement. So fair play to the guy. He's doing something right in that aspect. I'm sure behind the doors, you'll see him like snatching or whatever. That would jerking. be funny. And you go to his actual gym. He's like, he does everything, but fucking his engagement on Instagram just goes through the roof when he comes out. All this. It's almost yeah. like crossfit when you 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 tag butterfly pull ups. That that's engagement true. just goes through the roof. It's it's things like that. So clickbait yeah, works. True. Or the one that I posted where I missed a clean and then everyone was like, go lighter weight. Yeah, go lighter. Well, yeah. Br- I hit you, everything you, lighter. You did everything until then. You go for a PB. Go, yeah. li- go lighter. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, triggered. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we wanted. Hayden's we never talked about it like the other day. Again. I was like, oh, no, trust <laughs> me. I think I do. This is the biggest rant I've had in a long time. That's what two people gonna... agree with me. And I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, David, Matt, I need to get on again. I've got something right in the tank. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Just yeah, weekly rants with Hayden. Yeah, yeah. yeah episode yeah. 20 will be like, Hayden, we can't have you on again. Get off the show. God <laughs> David. Damn it. If I leave a podcast, I can voice my opinion. <laughs> when we don't uh, want to talk about a controversial topic, we'll just get him in front of a mic and a camera and just let him just <laughs> run for an hour and then post it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, perfect job done. Uh, These are his views, yeah. not the RSS's. But uh, we'll, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we'll have to add that into yeah. our Twitter bio now. Definitely. Yeah. This, this <laughs> just episode. for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, you mentioned COVID as well on Spotify. Will that have to have like a COVID-19 information on there now? Oh, I might have to, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my true. decision. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Probably will, yeah. Because of our influence on Spotify now. Look at us. Right? Hey, yeah, David, are big. Uh, us and Joe Rogan hitting it. <laughs> Can't see who's different. I think that's they're right. the exact same. <laughs> I'm more qualified. Uh, we're all we more qualified. Any, uh, we don't have as many <laughs> Yeah, we're all more qualified. <laughs> yeah, <they're right. laughs> 
yeah. university educated people over here. <laughs> Unlucky. Without um, jobs. But yeah, no, I'll Without tell you jobs. What. <laughs> there you go. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this whole conversation. It was amazing to see um, just so, so the different angles you attacked going through university, uh, yeah. getting scared at every point, really, on what next to do. Is this the right decision? And just still powering through to now loving what you're doing. Um, yeah. So it was just great to listen to all the stories that you shared with us, really. Yeah. And I hope the li- just trying listeners to enjoyed it. Well. I, I never, right. I never, I'm never, I'm never leaving. Right. I'm I don't want to pay council tax. <laughs> yeah. What's after the PhD? I guess to finish it off, we'll go. We usually have a tip of the week, Ooh. and so we'll we'll do tip of the week. Um, that second part of the question that I asked, and, and just very briefly, if if somebody is in university and they're thinking of. Um, not dropping out, but changing, because I think that's a totally different topic. Yeah. But changing what they're doing, kind of either, well, let's say deep into their, into their degree. Yeah. Um, and they don't know what to do. Like, what, what would, yeah, just a quick tip, couple quick tips of. Yeah. What I think you would my biggest one, because I didn't have this at Aberdeen University, is is definitely speak to your pastoral guidance or helper, or whoever you have at university. You should be appointed one anyway, and see if they can recommend you switching a course within the uni. You might be able to do something there and just branch in from like argument's sake, second or third year. And see if that's an option to the course you want to do. Um, otherwise, I would probably not do what I did, and I would definitely speak to more people because I didn't speak to my, I didn't liaise with anyone bar like my one friend I was living with at the time. Um, and it wouldn't have influenced my decision, but I maybe have more guidance and help with it because I think I, yeah. did, I went through the whole thing quite alone. I, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. Right. I only spoke to one person really, and it was kind of it was quite an isolated incident. So I, I would definitely speak to more people about it. whether it's your guidance teachers or whether it's your actual friends and family as well, people who are close to you that would give you more opinion on it and to be honest if they are your friends and your family if you're true friends and your family really support what you're doing they would they, they should support what you're doing i should say sorry if they have their own opinion on it then maybe they're not really true friends or oh, right oh, sorry we got siri coming on on the side get off <laughs> shut up siri i know you're listening listen to our conversation <laughs> here we go another <laughs> controversial topic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that that is good. So talk to people. Don't let yourself be isolated yeah, in that definitely. in that situation. Whether it's even just the guidance support teacher or yeah. if it's your friends and family. I mean, if they are truly your friends, they will support you and try and help you in one way anyway. So I, I think that's definitely something you should speak even to. Even if they disagree. Even if they disagree, yeah. they should have an honest chat with you, hopefully. Right. Um, and I would definitely speak to someone within the university um, to see what your options are there because I didn't do that either. I just mm-hmm. went all online, did it myself. I didn't have anyone in Aberdeen to appoint me to somewhere else. Um, so yeah, definitely try and speak to someone in university, speak to your friends and family. Yeah. Try not go through it alone, which is a big topic. So yeah, yeah. speak to people. Amazing. Uh, that's a great one. Stick that straight on the I Instagram think... after this. Yeah, exactly. That's that's going live on air yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to finish it off, we got uh, quick fire questions. Matt started doing this what like two podcasts ago and yeah. they're really fun i had no oh, questions so and he thinks of all these on the spot so it's oh. pretty incredible yeah if i look away yeah it's not it's not on a phone screen is it no. <laughs> all right yeah. are you ready are you ready Hayden? all right well the yeah. first thing that comes to mind bah, 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 bah. five questions right yeah 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 because we'll be. just see how long we can go for ready Excellent. we'll go three yep. two one physical strength or mental strength we're we talking personally for me yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical strength. Physical oh. strength. Next. A night in or a night out? Night out. Do you put? Do you prefer driving Silly or question. flying? Driving. I'm fucking shit scared of flying. <laughs> Are you more of a thinker <laughs> or a doer? Ooh. Oh, a doer. Nice. Maybe. Do you prefer show, social time Maybe. or alone time? Social time. Nice. And then to finish it off, street smarts or book smarts? 
book smart. There <laughs> I have you no go. fucking style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel these all these are definitely tailored towards me. All these questions. <laughs> I literally have some answer there. I've got two hundred. I didn't actually. I didn't. A list of two hundred sixty-four right now, and I just thought which ones would be best for him. So there you wow, go. they're literally so aimed at me. I think. <laughs> I thought I thought it would be yeah. great to finish on the street smart Perfect. or book smart one after the whole conversation. So there you I'd go. have to be book smart surely because I have no style according to all my friends. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's common knowledge. I'm, I'm acknowledging that now. Oh God. There you oh, go. That's funny. Awesome. Brilliant. No, that was great, Hayden. Thank you for jumping on as the first guest. The the and going through the whole setup process. It was an absolute disaster trying to get this going. Seemed to work. But we really appreciate it. Um we'll definitely have to get you on again and we'll start a series of <laughs> we'll have to think of a funny name for it. Hayden Ramblings of Hayden Thomas. Yeah. Hayden Rants or whatever. <laughs> Hayden or Hayden. RT. The rant of Hayden. Shit rants. Thomason. Thomason. <laughs> Thomason, yeah, thank you. Don't forget the sun. Jesus. But <laughs> until that time, Matt Matt, why don't you take us out? This has been the RSS podcast. We're out. <laughs>